What's up, everybody? This is the Magic Treehouse. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Magic Treehouse, and I'm your host, Merlin John. Today, we're talking with DG. Thanks for being here, DG. Hey, no problem at all. But so you're from the Bay Area and you moved to LA. Um, what was that change like for you? Yeah, so I mean, coming from the Bay Area, I lived there for about the first ten years of my life, and uh, the change wasn't too much. There's a little bit of a culture shock. Even Southern California is a little more heavily more like heavy Mexican culture around. So I mean, and I'm actually yeah, I'm Mexican, but I look white. <laughs> so I always had to prove that. I'm always telling my friends to call Mexican and Mexican because I didn't believe it because I was white. So I always kind of fought that uphill battle. But a uh, little, little bit, of, uh, not necessarily controversy, but that's just a little taste of what I had to go through. I mean, a little bit of a culture shock, but more or less now than really. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, so you're Jewish and Mexican. I guess that's where the culture shock is, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. My mom's Jewish, my dad's Mexican, so she's 100% Jewish, German Jew, and uh, my dad's 100% Mexican, so I'm half and half, and that's where they get confused, but either way, they used to give me a hard time about it on the playground, but maybe because I bought into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whenever somebody's bullying you or picking on you, it's kind of only as much power as you do, but I haven't learned that until a long, long time later, but either way, it is what it is. I mean, you definitely give in to it when you're a kid. That I totally understand that. But I mean, what was it like growing up? Well, growing up, I really like since you know I was kind of too Mexican for the white kids, too white for the Mexican kids. I kind of almost felt alone a little bit in the sense. But either way, I was kind of I felt like I was having to fight to make friendships. But more or less, I kind of ended towards like high school when I started coming into my own, and not necessarily caring what other people really thought about me. And that's when I felt like the exact opposite happened. You know, people are kind of more gravitated to you when you're not sitting there trying to plead for the approval or song and so forth. But more love growing up with Moon, I mean, I have a bigger family, even though we're kind of spread out more throughout the West Coast. We still, like, are very, very heavy. We always, like, try to spread that message and have a very loving family. So I've always, you know, felt love and tried to get the same thing in return. That's awesome. That's really awesome. But what was it like, um, music too? Like, did music play a big part of your life back then, like it does now? Yeah, so I can say confidently I've always wanted to be a rapper since I was five years old. So, I mean, I even have a book that we like, like, you get asked questions in kindergarten, at least I did. Uh-huh. And they were just general questions about your life moving forward, like, you know, what's your favorite color? What do you want to be when you grow up? And when I, answer that question i said a rapper you had to give a little like paragraph about it and then say a paragraph about it and then you had to draw a picture and so i remember doing all those type of things since kindergarten so i kind of always wanted to be involved in music a rapper specifically mm-hmm. but uh one one memory i really draw to that is always uh riding in the back seat with my older brother my brother's about like 25 years older than me so I'd always be driving <laughs> we'd be driving around Vallejo, california uh, where i'm from in, in the bay area and uh, he'd always be bumping these new rap CDs, usually Matt Gray, E-40, Tupac. And I kind of know that I don't have one specific memory, but I know within that process is where I really like fell in love with rap music and decided that's kind of what I wanted to be when I grew up. So it's probably like when you were just like really listening 
to rap music like in the backseat of that car you're just like man yeah and, and almost like felt like i wasn't supposed to because obviously there's a lot of you know explicit lyrics and cuss words and whatnot <laughs> but having that like more of a brotherly connection with me my older brother i'm only like five or six years old he still you know play that type of music around me and he's even like turned down the music and paused the song and explain to me the lyric by lyric by lyric and song. you know i'm a little kid i'm not catching everything and i kind of learned like a lot of slang through that mm-hmm. too and i honestly like kind of made me wisely on my ears almost like cool kids you would say when i go back to school and i know all this different stuff and i'm acting all these different ways that you know a normal kid kind of wouldn't even know or grasp it's kind of like i don't know had that like coolness effect but either way i kind of draw that like when i think about being a rapper or what the motivation was like i always get drawn to those memories so, I mean, would it, was it that feeling though? Like, okay, you, you just said like it was that coolness, but like bonding with your brother, um, getting hype, was it things like that too? Yeah, no, for sure. That kind of all like goes in with it, you know, almost like, like, I mean, it goes hand in hand. That's the type of thing. And, and really like, we're like beings that move off that feeling. So once you get that feeling, that's all. That's what creates the memory, you know what I mean? It's based off the feeling you have within the memory. So the family bonding just, like, you know, adds to that as well. And, it, you know, obviously being my brother, it goes back to that same message I was saying before, like, really had a strong and loving family. We're always still connected no matter how far away we are. You know, you're only a phone call away is kind of what we like to say. But either way, definitely the feeling of getting hyped and being back there. And I kind of attest a lot of that to my brother. My dad, too, as well. But he was more, like, he was uh, born in the 50s, but he grew up in, like, the R&B and soul eras, the Motown, and mm-hmm. that type of music too. I really like the old, but uh, yeah, I mean, just a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit all of that. So when you started rapping, like, where was your brother like excited for you? Like when you first got on the stage, kind of thing, supportive. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of always something that like I talked up, so it's what more or less was like something like he expected. He wasn't surprised about it at all. But I always get like a lot of support, especially for my family, obviously. But my brother is general for sure. Like he always saw, oh, because he always saw it coming for you. Yeah, I mean, because it's something that I always said, and I guess like there might be a little element of surprise in there because a lot of people say they want to do stuff but don't necessarily do it. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm going on, you know. 20 years of saying the same thing and not only am I saying it but now I'm in this place where when you're younger you kind of you have limited resources you know what I mean you can't really do things on your own and do things by yourself most of the time mm-hmm. but, uh, now where I'm becoming I'm coming into my uh you know I call it my grown man era <laughs> but, you know I'm an adult now grown I can do stuff on my own you know you don't really need mom and dad to be there brother looking off the shoulder making sure everything's okay obviously think of you that's great I always want to include my family but more or less at the at the place where I can't, or I can start doing all the things that I said I was going to be doing, you know, with no, nothing holding me back, no strings attached. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, necessarily, like I would say the, uh, the not turning point, but definitely a big pivot, pivotal moment in like uh, me becoming a rapper and starting my own career. That's cool. I see. That makes sense. Um, but when you're on stage though, it seems like you're really comfortable. Like you're ready to perform. You're, I don't know if you're the same person off and on the stage. I'm guessing you are because, uh, I mean, do you imagine this alter ego or is that just all you? Well, I mean, I'd like to say it's all me, but uh, I'd, I'd be lying. Obviously, I put on a certain, like, you know, everybody works in or has a different situation. 
Uh, that's me when I'm happy and everything's all good. You know, I'm trying to turn the turn people up. And then that's that version of DC. That's more or less how I like to look at it versus like all alter ego. Because, I mean, everybody emotions at different times, you know. But mm-hmm. I'd say normally I'm pretty jovial and I'm pretty happy. I, at least I try to be most of the time. And if not, it comes from a, 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 a real um, a deep-rooted moral or value of trying to be polite because you know like i mean i could be in a bad mood but if somebody else comes in contact with me and i'm in a bad mood i'm wearing my emotions on my sleeve mm-hmm. you start to that energy starts to rub off and it's more or less than polite you know what I mean? it's more polite to think about other people in a way where it's like i could be having a bad day but i'm gonna still you know greet somebody with a smile and a joke and try to make them feel better and not necessarily project whatever i'm going through on to who i'm talking to at the moment so i kind of think like that too i know it's a little deep but either way you know No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, the first interaction we had and just seeing you perform, I was just like, yo, who is this guy? Uh, Your stage preference. Acting since I was 11 years old, professionally, like going to acting classes and doing different things like that. So obviously that helps. But either way, it's always what I'm, you know, manifested and seen myself doing since like I said all the time I was five years old so it comes easy to me but only because I really wanted it within wanting it I've also practiced and done different things to make sure that when I get to the point where I am now and I can get on stage and great people with my presence and you know transfer my energy that I do it in the right way and I'm really having a good time and I'm really just like I'm in love with the moment up there and that's kind of what you see and I feel like that's what I bring to the performance. And that makes sense. I mean, you are, it looks like you are prepared for the moment. Um, truly. Appreciate that. Let's talk festivals for a second. Have you seen the Dreamville lineup? No, I haven't. <laughs> so J. Cole and Drake are actually performing on the same day. What are your thoughts on that? J. Cole and Drake? Same festival? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my thoughts are where is that and when? Because I'm trying to get tickets. I mean, those must, I, I mean, you can talk about juggernauts and hip hoppers just in legacy period. And it's kind of like Drake and J. Cole are almost like polar opposites of each other, but in the same hemisphere, if that makes sense. Because they obviously they take up the same environment. They're in the same space, which is obviously the rap industry. But J. Cole obviously is a little more like low-key, doesn't really like to be in the public eye, but it obviously is like a catch-21 because at some point when you're a rapper, you want to see you get paid off selling records and being a public figure. So you have to figure out a balance to do where Drake is kind of on the other side of that where, you know, he's Mr. Like, look at me and with good reason. I'm kind of one of the leading rappers of all time in the last decade or more. So, I mean, you can easily say that. So, I mean, it's, that's more or less the traditional way a rapper's supposed to be. But then when you have J. Cole, and they're almost like, Cole's obviously a little bit more lyrical, a little bit more poetic. Mm-hmm. Drake has his moments too, but he's more making music either for women or, or, or clubs. Sometimes he'll go hard and he'll go into like his rap bag, but J. Cole kind of only stays in his rap bag. But I mean, I really fuck with both of them, but I fuck with both of them equally in a different way, if that makes sense. And uh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. I'm pretty telling me. I'm going to have to get my ticket for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's at the Dreamville Festival. I believe it's in North Carolina. Definitely check it out. But oh, North Carolina was where I'm after booking my ticket. <laughs> North Carolina's on the east, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm bad with geography. Either way, I was gonna say I'm booking a plane on the west, I'm gonna land. <laughs> Either way, make it happen. But I'm guessing you know the movie Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. 
Oh, yeah, that was my, one of my favorites, The Close Seconds of Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love that for you. Well, you know how the bodies switch, right? Yep. Okay, so who would you switch bodies from in the mu- music in- industry? Uh, I, I switched bodies with Merlin the Wizard, so I could Oh my gosh! I'm in the music industry. Uh, uh, let me see. Because um, I really, because I have like a few. Maybe I'll give you like a try. Well, I, I can just give you one for sure answer. Lil Wayne. I mean, Lil Wayne or like Snoop Dogg. I know they're obviously like I grew up like listening to Lil Wayne. And personally, my opinion, I think Lil Wayne's the best rapper alive right now. Mm-hmm. So I like respect him highly just based off his body of work. But then Snoop Dogg, too, not necessarily for his rapping, because obviously he's a great rapper. I don't think he's as good as Lil Wayne, but still great in his own right. Um, but his business savvy and, and all the like, time that he's been around, all the stories and things that he knows from like Death Row with Tupac, who's one of my favorite rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like those would be just cool things to know, you know, if I was in his body. Or maybe I wouldn't even know the stories. Even just to sit around and talk to him about that type of stuff, that'd be cool. So like Lil Wayne is just everything. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm kind of cheating on the on the question because I can't give a first sure like which one or the other. But no, I mean, I understand where you're coming from because I agree. Like, just um, not really switching bodies, but just getting the chance to like talking with Snoop Dogg and just like picking his brain a little bit. Um, I agree with you on that. Just hearing his stories like and stuff. Before noon, so I know that's what crazy. I'd be like trying to get in on that rotation. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. Um, which artist? Low Wayne for sure. Low Wayne for sure. It'd be cool to see, you know, his day to day. And obviously, just like I said, highly respect him. Okay, so Lil Wayne, you're locking in your final answer, but you I wouldn't mind. Okay. <laughs> okay, but if you could, you would like talk it up with Snoop Dogg. I, I think probably anybody as a rapper would be stupid if they said they wouldn't. But yeah, those are two that come to mind just like right off the bat. Okay, that works for me. That works for me. And last but not least, which artist do you think you would harmonize best with? I think if you don't, I don't know if I'd harmonize best with them, but if you go to hop on the track with Don Tolliver, he's somebody like when I throw on my AirPods or I like hop in the truck, hop in my car. I'm, I'm like playing this shit. Pull up at the after party. You and I let it go. go stupid. So, yeah, probably like maybe Don Tolliver for sure. Because honestly, you throw him on a course, that's just going to go number one, like automatically. So, so, go Don Tolliver. So, is he your dream collab or is that just like the person you think you'd harmonize best with? I think that's probably the person I think I'd harmonize best with. That's what my dream collab probably would either be like, oh no, honestly, I'm I'm so like analytical and I'm very purpose driven, so it's hard for me to like answer these questions in general because like there's specifics I can get into. Like if I'm going for a certain type of song, like let's say if I'm going for a straight backpack rap, hitting poetic bars, like my dream collab is going to be J. Cole. If I'm going for like a club like banger, then my dream collab is going to be something more like Drake, like you know what I mean. So it it, it, it honestly just depends. I thought you see him. I think, and I guess I don't know, but either way, um, I don't know if that answers. Oh no, I mean we love the specifics. I was just waiting for you to continue on. Like, <laughs> uh, I said we love the specifics. I was just waiting for you to continue on. Okay, yeah. So, um, uh, 
I'm gonna say Drake. I'll say my dream collab would be Drake. Drake. Okay, and why would it be Drake? Because uh, I think if he hopped on the song, not only is like I said, you know, before he's like one of the greatest, but it probably would be, you know, it'd be a smash hit. And uh, all the things that come with that, notoriety, fame, you know, recognition, all the things that you want as a rapper, any artist, to be honest. But if you were looking more for a poetic flow, you would go for J. Cole? If I was looking for more of a poetic flow, then I'd be going for J. Cole. Interesting. So would you go J. Cole or would you go Kendrick? Thanks for listening. Till next time.